You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Wingfoot Sports Pro Football Kickoff. If you've been following us on Instagram, and you should have been last year, we picked at almost 68%. Now, I know some of you out there are saying, yeah, you only pick one game a week, but we're picking winners, folks. Sure, 68%. You go find somebody who's picking every game, there's no way they're picking 68%. So, of course, the brains behind it all, Chris Portente is with us today as we will make our total season picks for some of the teams in the NFL. And just like we do each week, we're not going to try and pick every team. We're going to tell you some of the ones we like. And, of course, Chris will lay out his classic wing foot locks. And joining us today, we have Greg Hoyle. You should follow him on Twitter, folks. It's hashtag Beach House Bets. Guy's picking better than 60% and not just in football. He's doing pro. He's doing college. He's doing best basketball all across the board he's better than 60 percent and if you look at some of the descriptions at how we break down these games we tell you how they're going to play out before they're going to play out so right now we are looking at the 2019 nfl season and as we pick these games here we are going to look at unders and the reason we're going to look at unders is because if a line moves if a player gets injured right now the smart bet is on the under because those lines right now are going to be in your favor. Say Melvin Gordon doesn't sign with the Chargers and he ends up holding out. Well, you're going to get the best number if you take the under right now, if that's where you think it's going. So with that, I'm going to bring in none other than Chris Portente to get it started with one of his favorite picks of the season. Four totals. Go ahead, Chris. Well, right off the bat, I'll just let you right now. Forget the small pick. We don't go with the small pick. We go with the lock. Okay, and the number one lock of the season over on the, sorry to say, boys, just happens to be an over. We're going right into the Miami Dolphins. So Miami Dolphins, quality team? Absolutely not. Do they have their problems? Absolutely. But at the number of four and a half, I'm telling you right now, the Miami Dolphins get five wins, and this is why. We're going to call this the relief pitcher theory. Take us to out of football and over to baseball for a little bit, right? What happens with relief pitches? Let's take uh, Edwin Diaz, for example. Lights out last year. Comes to the Mets this year. Sucks. Can't find his fastball. Can't find his own. Can't find anything. Every time a relief pitcher has a great season, they normally come back the next year and have a sucky season because they're on and off and they do shit with smoke and mirrors. This is the theory with the quarterback in Miami. The beard, Mark Fitzpatrick, not Mark Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. We got you Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a little late for me. I got crazy hours. Anyway, the Ryan Fitzpatrick, what has this guy been doing his whole career? Has a great season, shocks the world. Everybody's ready to sign real contract, comes back to the next next team the next season, doesn't know where he is. And what did Fitzpatrick do last year? He stunk up the joint. So he's going to come in this year, and he's going to have a good, pretty good season. And if he fades or if he doesn't, you got Josh Rosen right behind him, who it might even start based on this training camp that he's having. And this guy's got some chip on his shoulder because he's got a lot to prove. Now, if you look at the schedule of the Miami Dolphins, they might have three to four wins in the first few weeks. 
Week one, they got the Ravens, okay? You can you can beat the Ravens at home, okay? The Ravens are coming in with Lamar Jackson in this running game and run, 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 run. All you got to do is get a touchdown or a 10-point lead on that team, okay? And Lamar Jackson ain't beating anybody, okay? So they could steal that win right there. Then week two, like I said, against the Patriots, the Patriots do not fare well down in Miami early games of September. Never have. They just don't fare well. Okay, you could possibly get B2-0 to start the season. Okay, week three is up in the air. And then week four, you got the Chargers coming to Miami. And what is that? That's the West Coast team traveling to play that deadly 1 o'clock game. And that right there could be three wins in the first four weeks. Now you've got the rest of the season to get yourself a couple of wins. I think it's more than doable. I got it as a wing foot lock. Oh, and by the way, you play Buffalo twice, that's usually good for a split. You play the Jets twice, improved, yes. Still the Jets, yes. That's usually good for a win. And if you really, really need one late in the season, you got a home game against the lowly Cincinnati Bengals. So right off the bat, I'm telling you, this is the first wing foot lock of the season picks. I love it. I love it. Going against the trend of taking the unders to start the season. One thing I want our listeners to note, Chris mentioned four and a half games. There are four and a half and fives out there. So you got to look at your books, shop around for the best line, because that difference in one game is the difference between winning and a push or winning and losing a lot of times. So make sure you find and I've it. actually seen it in four. I've actually seen it in a couple of places at four. I don't know if you're going to still get that, but if you can, I would jump on it. Excellent. All right, Greg. So what's your response? What do you think about the Dolphins over four and a half? That's the number we're going with today. Yeah, so I think this is going to be good uh, setting the tone for the season um, because there's going to be, you know, some agreement, but then some disagreement because I love the situation, hate the team. uh, And I kind of think they're going 0 and 4 until the bye week when they got Washington coming in. Um, in week six for their first win. Uh, but that Cincy game at the end of the year does scare me. So I, I would I would play it at five under or otherwise just stay away. All right, there you have it, folks. We have a little disagreement on our first pick of the day. Next one, Greg, I'm tossing it to you. We're going to the Giants. The G-Men, the local audience, loves it here in New York. Right now we've got their over-under at six. Tell me what you like in this one and why. Mainly, you know, you're going to have the have and the have-nots in this division. So, essentially, uh, I don't like um, the bottom of this division, and I think we're top-heavy with Dallas and the Eagles. Um, So, I really think it's going to come down to those two teams at the top. And then, really, motivation. When when is one of the Giants switching to Eli? Uh, When are the Redskins going to switch over to Haskins? Um, And I don't really have – the answer to that so going off of chris's theme i don't like how the the season starts here they travel to dallas uh come home for buffalo which is kind of an interstate rivalry i think you get some good split there and then they go down to tampa um so i don't like the heat that chris already mentioned um early in the season and i also think you know you're still going to have eli quarterbacking um Washington there in week four is where I see an opportunity for them to win. But I base a lot of this around schedule. So they've got, they get Minnesota at home, which I don't like. And then they play new England on the road. Um, you know, Arizona, um, you know, the West coming East, that'll be an opportunity for them. 
Um, but at, at Detroit, even though I don't like that team, I don't like that situation. Um, and I also don't know who's going to be quarterbacking late in the season. Um, so from from those situations, I think double losses against the Eagles. They play Green Bay, Chicago, um, Chicago on the road. Um, and then, you know, I don't think they stand a chance to win that Dallas game. I really struggled, uh, except for the Washington games, to find a couple of wins on here. Um, and with the uncertainty of quarterback, I don't like the head coach um, there either. Um, and I think a lot of losses within division and playing a tough division, as well as the Patriots on the road, uh, you know, I couldn't really find more than four or five wins. Don't like the veteran quarterback. Everyone says that, uh, you know, the rookie's not going to be ready to get on the field. They lost uh, Odell Beckham to take the top off the defense. So I think it's just a lot of loading the box and pound uh, Saquon or dump off to Saquon, and there's, there's really not going to be a lot of winning there. Well, let's let's be honest. The Giants receiving core is an absolute mess right now. Corey Coleman went down. Golden Tate is facing a suspension for the first four games for PED. Yeah, they lost their top three receivers. Their top three receivers are all all got issues right now. Yeah, so the, the Giants offensively are, are a mess when it comes to weapons for Eli Manning out of what? Saquon Barkley, which let's not negate Saquon Barkley and maybe Evan Ingram, but you kept mentioning the fact if you don't know who's going to be quarterbacking when, I'm curious, how do you guys look at a rookie quarterback coming in in the middle of the season for a team like the Giants where maybe Eli has kind of worn out his welcome a little bit saying, all right, we need some fresh blood in here? I believe the Giants need some fresh blood in there, uh, but um, I do not uh, think the Maris are ever going to let that happen. I think they let it happen uh, last year. It happened for one game with Geno Smith or two years ago, whenever that was, and uh, – that cost a, that cost the coach's job. Um, it's just it's just not happening. I mean, the Maris are not going to do that to Eli Manning again. He, this is his season to finish. Uh, I don't see Daniel Jones coming in, and I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be ready to come in at any point. But having said that, the Giants are a complete mess. Uh, yeah, and if, not- if 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 you have a head coach that can help overcome that situation, look at look at Buffalo last year. You know, not you know, not that a six win season was all that great, but. You know, play to the play to the rookie quarterback strengths and play good defense, right? The Giants don't have a good defense. I don't like the head coach there. So, Chris, just to be clear, Greg likes under six wins for the G-men. Where do you stand on that one? Uh, I think it's right around that number. To see the Giants win seven games is tough. What they win last year? Five games. I know we had the under on them last year, and we hit. What they finished? Yeah. Last year they won five. Yeah, five and eleven. So you're asking you're asking them to jump. You're asking them to jump two games, another two full games with with probably less talent than they had last year, and you're asking them to jump up two games. So I, I I like the number. And the Giants threw two touchdowns last year for over 30 yards, and they were both thrown by Odell Beckham. <laughs> and we know put he's that gone. Put that and he's gone. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go over to the Redskins. Greg, you, you kind of laid this out when you were talking about the Giants there. Uh, tell me your thoughts on the Redskins. Right now, we've got the over-under at six and a half games for Washington. Yeah, so and, and with that, we're going with similar themes. I mean, basically everything that comes out of this franchise – um, is essentially a mess uh, from the front office. Uh, Jay, Jay Gruden really no no right to be uh, coaching in the NFL. So I stick with, or I try and stick with pretty common themes when I'm 
you know, looking at a game and I'll look at a season here, who's the quarterback and who's the head coach, right? So I think you're going to have not only a potential rookie change um, or start off rookie change um, and have him going in there instead of Keenum, um, but, you know, Gruden goes in and is one in seven, two in six. I think you might be looking at a head coach change there. Way too much would have to go uh, positive and too many things need to click in order for them to even get up to six, you know, let alone seven wins to, to bust that bet. Yeah, you're getting an extra half there with the wins uh, compared to the Giants. And then another thing, the one place they do have talent seems to be tight end, but Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis have trouble staying healthy these last couple of years. So even even in the one bright spot that's been for them, it's, it's tough if they can't stay on the field. So, Chris, what do you think about that six and a half under yeah. – I agree with all that. The only thing that scares me a little bit is uh, uh, got to watch them stealing a game from Dallas. Um, and, and that Dallas-Washington uh, rivalry always, always is tight. And it would not shock me even as bad as Washington it is. As bad as Washington is and going to be this year, wouldn't shock me if they stole one from Dallas. It just uh, I've seen it happen too many times. So that yeah, so is. I'm, to, I'm in agreement. I just uh, I think we may may be able to add one more win to their total. Uh, like again, it wouldn't surprise me if they stole one from Dallas. But even so, that only gets them to five or six, I think, from where Greg was talking right, about. Right, like, right, right, exactly. <laughs> That's what I said. I, I agree with it. I'm just adding one more win than Greg had. Go ahead. So Greg. maybe wait, wait until Zeke signs, uh, because I would be a little concerned if they roll in on the road there, uh, first home game and everything like that. If they roll into Washington with Zeke. Uh, um, I'm in good shape there. I would be a little nervous. I like that point there, Chris, uh, especially if they're rolling into to D.C. Franchise still has hope, and they're rolling there without their, their running back who, who masks their poor quarterback. The Tennessee Titans were on the cusp of the playoffs here again, took a, a final game of the season, lost to Andrew Luck to get him out. Uh, Greg, you've got some strong feelings on the Titans this season. What do you think? Yeah, so so I'm going um, again to quarterback play, right? So the the nine and seven, even with all the the shoulder issues and everything like that, I think my question is, you know, is is Mariota gonna finish the season? Um, and that's a concern to me. Um, and you got Tannehill over there, you know, not sure why you bring. Uh, starting quarterback from, you know, another mediocre team in, um, but it definitely ap- applies pressure. Um, and I'm going, I'm going again to a couple of swing games, right? So if we're at seven and a half, it's only going to be a couple of games that concern me. Yeah, and for the record, um, we do have the Titans at eight in some places. So again, shop around for that number, but go ahead. Oh yeah. So, so I'll take that. So the, the, I mean, the first, the first one and the first, first four weeks is, you know, Cleveland, Indy, Indy at home, but that's still, still a tough assignment at Jacksonville and then back to back road games at um, Atlanta. So I think that's, you know, a tough um, start there. And then um, I'm scrolling over into later in the season. I'm looking at another game that should be relatively um, easy, but it's not only back-to-back road games, but it's also sandwiched between two divisional games. And you're talking about so, the Oakland Raiders. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> one of their one of their seven true uh home games uh and potentially what's that? That's getting close um to the last game of the season there. So um Nah, the, the Jacksonville's the last home game uh, the following week there. So I mean, o- Oakland's going to be a mess, but uh, you know, their their just their schedule and their travel is a mess. So them being home uh, in that situation, I don't mind, uh, and I just mind that that's that should be a, the only cupcake there in the schedule. They have Jacksonville at Indy, at Oakland, then Houston, New Orleans at Houston. Um, so it's, you know, that there's a lot of themes here that really I'm doing this in, in bunches because you're going to hear about Houston later because I think their schedule is tough as hell. And it was a cupcake schedule last year, which is why you saw all those wins. Um, and, you know, I think the, the games that, you know, should be winnable games, I would want to see Oakland at home. That might sway my decision, especially if I can lay eight. Love, love it at eight if I can get it at eight. And one of the things is with that division too, it is it has been competitive. So we're talking about between the Texans and the Titans and the Colts and you know even the Jaguars beating each other up. There's there's no team that seems to pull away. So those eight, even to get to eight, is going to be tough earned. Uh, and we see a lot of times nine and seven can win that division as as they're beating each other up. As as nobody really has been the clear powerhouse for a lot of years in the AFC South. And you said it, Greg, so we'll go right there to the Houston Texans. A lot of people like the Texans. I feel like they're the darling going into every season. But yeah. you think the Texans are going to disappoint this year. Why is that? I mean, let them, let them have it. I, this was another one. Uh, so I'm going to go. I was a lean uh, before this call, and I was also a lean before I checked out the uh, schedule. So really, you know, tough schedule. They went from the easiest schedule last year. Now, because they're the darling, they're going to be in a lot of more, you know, primetime games. Just like you mentioned, that division uh, has some tough schedules. And they're at Baltimore. Um, they play New England. I don't see them beat New England. Um and I just think, again, when you're looking at, you know, Vegas, Vegas knows pretty well what they're doing. If I see a situation there that might look like, you know, they could lose out in Oakland and then lose out in Jacksonville. And, and you know, that, that's, that's just a daunting road trip. Yeah, that definitely looks like two games that most people are going to mark down as W's for the Texans. But when you look at the travel of it, and you look at everything that's going to go into it, with the Colts being the week before, so the Raiders are sandwiched in between two division games and London. That could be a game that slips away from the Texans that a lot of people are paying trap attention game. to. Yes, major trap. That's a game. major major trap game right there. And uh, also talking about that London game, I I know the Jaguars coughed one up last year, but the Jaguars are going to have much improved play this year with uh, with a little better quarterback play. Um, a so little better. Get Wait a minute. They could have put me and you behind the line there, Chris, and we could have played better than their quarterbacks last season. Greg, Greg would have been an upgrade. I'm more, I'm more suited for a tight end with, with my great hands, but uh, you can have the quarterback. You can have the quarterback slot. But uh, anyway, I agree with that. And the Texans, um, this might sound like a cop out, but I'm, sometimes you just got to keep it simple. They just don't pass the eye test for me. The yeah. Texans just do not pass the eye test for me, and they 
They do nothing to get the blood flowing. And if you don't get my blood flowing, you ain't getting the money out of my <laughs> It's going to be very interesting. Uh, definitely um, questioned about some of the coaching early on in the season after they got off to that slow start. Also, we've got the contract issue going on with Jadavion Clowney, where he's playing under a franchise tag if he plays here. That might not be his true position. A lot of stuff going on there. If he's not happy, that could cause a rift in that defense that has been really the stalwart that got them to the playoffs or in playoff contention here in years past. Greg has a, a couple plays he likes in the NFC North. Yeah, well, I, I want to go with the Bears. What do you have there, nine or nine and a half? So the Bears? We, we got it at nine. I, there are some nine and a halfs out there, but the official line right now we're going with is nine. But you, ad, advise the people listening is, as to how what they should look for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it looks for this is another, you know, popular team, great year last year. Uh, and I really don't mind the quarterback and coaching. Um, I just think, yeah, you talk about the um, the Titans and the Colts and Houston having a tough division. You get Green Bay, Minnesota, um, and Detroit, right? So he's got to be one cupcake in every division, unless it's the NFC East, then then it's you know two. Uh, but my my issue, and you can you can lump both of them in, is who they're playing because they are playing the uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs, um, and you know to me it doesn't really matter uh, the rest of that division, uh, whoever yeah, you else the, you have in the there. The AFC West, the NFC North playing the AFC West this season. Right, right, and they also have New Orleans on schedule. So, uh, you know, I think there's just there's going to be a lot of uh, beating one another up. They've got an easy perceived easy game against Washington week three. That's back to back road games, um, and and again, I don't like those uh, uh, those situation. And then I would say, uh, you know, who knows how teams are going to play in London because they are one of the games. Uh, and I like the other, I like Green Bay and I like Minnesota um, better within that division. So I think wins are going to be tough to come by. Um, so it doesn't mean that I dislike the Bears. I just think kind of their peak is maxing out around nine wins. And if it comes down to it in their last games or against Kent, at Green Bay, Kansas City, at Minnesota, and before that, Dallas. Um, I'm good with them rolling into that four-game stretch, stretch even with seven wins, and then looking at them go one and three in that situation. Yeah, that is a brutal end to the season. They've got home against Dallas, at Green Bay, on the road, at home against the Chiefs, and then on the road uh, to end the season against the Vikings. What do you think about that, Chris? We're going under nine or nine and a half wins there for the Bears. I got two words for that four-game stretch. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch <laughs> Trubisky is not beating any one of those teams in that four-game stretch. I am not sold on anything about Mitch Trubisky. I love that under. I think Green Bay sweeps that 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 those two games from the Bears. I think Green Bay wins that division this year. I think... Uh, the under for the Bears is the way to go. And then, of course, Chris, as promised, I said we would bookend here with the Wingfoot locks. Your second lock, and I'll let you take it from here, the San Diego Chargers. All right, well, the Chargers had 12 wins last year, and quite honestly, I don't know how they did it. Uh, do, they have talent? <laughs> do, they have ta do they have talent on that team? Yes, they have talent on that team. But what they did last year uh, was something magical because – a West Coast team 
having as many road wins with that kind of travel schedule as they had last year is just something that is not going to be repeated. And if you look at their schedule, look at their schedule this year, their schedule is just as tough, if not tougher. They have four. Uh, you might want to go through this with me, Joe, if I'm not mistaken, but I believe they have four games where they travel east and all of them are that dreaded one o'clock game so we've got the uh, dolphins in uh week four it looks like here we've got the do you consider the lions uh in week two that's yeah. a one o'clock start uh, right uh, they're going central there we've also got them against the bears at one o'clock and i'm missing one oh and then the chiefs are a one o'clock start right so those are four tough games right there okay and then uh, somewhere in the middle of the season, Joe, you'll have to look 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 for me again because I don't have it in front of me. I apologize. But they go to uh, Mile High. That's week and seven they against cut, the Broncos. Right. And then they, I believe, if, if not before or after Mile High, they go right to one of those East Coast 1 o'clock games. So in week six, the Chargers go to Miami to play the Dolphins on the road. And then one o'clock, the that's a one o'clock travel game, and then they got to go and play altitude at Mile High the very following game. It's just a tough, tough season, tough, tough schedule. I don't think they're going to have the magic that they had, and quite honestly, needed last year to to do what they did last year. Um, and uh, I just think they're due for a, a setback. I mean, they can win. Um, what what's the number you what numbers did you find that joe did you get it at nine nine and a half nine or did and you a find half. it at ten? Nine and a half. there right. are some 10 still floating around there but i think the melvin gordon issue you mentioned uh zeke's well the melvin gordon I, yeah i haven't even touched on that yet that that's a major major issue they are not the same team without melvin gordon i don't care what um uh, they were they, they were four four, four and out last four year without melvin seven. gordon four and out last year without melvin gordon I understand, but it's different when they, when a player has contract disputes and the, and the trouble in the trouble in the in the in the in the locker room and, and the distractions and players being asked. It's it, it's 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 a different animal, and uh, you know they've already been peppering uh, Philip Rivers with questions, and of course he gives all the right answers. But uh, I just think it's going to be a distraction. I just don't think they can repeat what they did last year. And I like the under this year. I think they're due for a setback. And I'm going to go again with that relief pitcher theory. Um, typical, typical Philip Rivers. If you look at his history, look at his stats. Good game, bad game, good game, bad game. Last year he didn't have that because they had a little magic. But I don't think they're going to have the magic this year. And I think they're going to have a, a big setback. And I love the under this year with the Chargers. Those are your picks. One more time for you. We've got the under on the Chargers. The Redskins, the Giants, the Titans, the Bears, the Texans, and the over on the Miami Dolphins. We'll do some accounting at the end of the season, but don't forget to follow along over at Wingfoot Sports on Instagram. If you've got any other games or teams that you want some opinions on, shoot them our way. We'll get to them eventually. And, of course, Beach House Bets on Twitter, where you can check out sports from college football and basketball. And, of course, obviously, the NFL picks that we've heard today. Everybody, for Chris Portente, Greg Coyle, and Joe Mysterio, that's me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wingfoot Locks by Wingfoot Sports. Have a great football season, everybody.